And joining us right now from the left coast is an old friend, uh, Andy Dolich, sports consultant and um, a person who has worked in every major league sports, uh, you know, sport. Yeah. Yeah. Football, hockey, NBA, and MLB. Right. And joining us right now is Andy Dolich. Andy, how are you? I'm doing great. Let's not leave out uh, professional soccer, indoor box lacrosse, and working for IMG in the college space. Well, the soccer end of it, you'll 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 have a hard time getting me to uh, you know acknowledge. But okay. Now you also soccer's, <laughs> gr- soccer's growing. Here's today's question: What was the larger attendance last year? The MLS championship between Atlanta and Portland or the national football championship in college? Oh, I'm sure it was soccer. Bingo. MLS soccer. Yeah, MLS soccer. Now, wait a minute. Was the larger attendance or watched by more people? Attendance. Attendance at the event. 73,000 and change in Atlanta. And seventy-two thousand, if I'm correct, at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara. All right, Andy. Uh, you know I love you and respect you in uh, in all matters. But you don't sport. want to talk soccer. So, no, okay, let's no. I, I, you know, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something less less impactful than soccer right now, and that's the uh, uh, the FAA, the Federation of American Football, or the Alliance. Excuse me, the, the AAF, yes. the AAF, which is DOA. Yes. Well, how would how were they able to get that thing off the ground with some smart people and then round out their financing with somebody that was supposedly putting two hundred and fifty million in, and that person had all the leverage to pull the plug after the first like fifty of his money. And let me ask you this too, while you're answering that, take the question one step further. Is just after the first week, I had read a couple of different articles that they couldn't make payroll after the first week. They were definitely late in payroll, and um, you know there have been many stories written about what happened. Essentially, it was an idea that had no business strategy. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. One of the areas that completely confounds me is that everyone keeps talking about, hey, we need more football. We need 12 months of football. If you really analyze the NFL, with all the challenges that they have, they've done a great job in 12 months of football from the combine to the draft to free agency. Litter and training the, o- the OTAs, yeah, the OTAs. Ex- yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's not much time that there isn't um, a constant drumbeat of NFL football, even if they're not playing games. And there's something called college football. I heard a rumor of it. They produce a <laughs> lot of great players. Yeah. And they go into the pros. So the whole concept of the development league, a la the NBA's G League, which is okay, but still it's college basketball and college football that are creating these great players creating the in immense backstories like Kyler Murray, etc. And so creating another football league, you want to look at history? It's littered with dead leagues that have tried to go up. And, and now, you know, we have XFL next with Vince McMahon, incredibly deep pockets, which the AAF clearly didn't have. Um, and they're starting next year, and they've failed once before in the middle of the season. 
also, and there's another one called Pacific Pro. Uh, I guess Richie, who's Tom Brady's agent, is leading that one. In the AAF's case, clearly their understanding of how much response they get. When I saw where they were playing, 50,000-plus right. seat stadiums, right. and knowing some presidents in the league, there was no connectivity between the football side, Bill Polian, who's mm-hmm. well-respected, and the business side. And in a place like Memphis, you know, you had, ladies and gentlemen, today's attendance is 43,000 people not here at today's game. <laughs> dead. You right. know, you're dead. Right, right. Interesting. Uh, I just, when I heard the term, and I'm certainly not the world's best businessman, but when I heard, well, we've got venture capital, I thought that venture capital meant you were sort of deep-pocketed, but I agree with you. There's a real disconnect between the concept of what they were trying to bring you in terms of football and what they were doing from a marketing and uh, business side. Exactly. Charlie Ebersol, who knows what he's doing, Bill Polian, again, a great body of work. Yep. But in the people that I talk to who have the difficult responsibility of selling product for a new league, zippity-doo-dah communication between the football side and the business side and again, when you chose these venues of fifty to sixty thousand seats, right? Um, then people who are coming look around and see the empty seats and go, "What am I missing? Why am I here?" Right, right. Um, so so going any... against the going against the NFL is is not a brilliant proposition. You know, the the thing that fooled me is that I thought this with Bill Polian's involvement and Ebersol's involvement. I thought that they they got more than a wink and a nod from the NFL that the I think the NFL really supported this effort and wanted it to succeed for one major reason. I think the NFL the biggest problem they have from a from a quality of product standpoint is the quarterback play after you get past the first 10 or 12 guys is so bad and then when you get past the top 20 guys uh, it really is bad, is that I thought they really felt that this is the way to develop quarterback play, by getting players to be able to take snaps and repeat and learn how to run offenses. I really thought it was a necessity for the NFL. That may be correct, Stan. I looked at it from my uh, DNA injected into me being born in Brooklyn, yeah. that the NFL would mm, – sort of make believe that it was cooperating with this league Mm -hmm. so that if any antitrust uh, suits were ever bought, they didn't have to worry about that. Okay. Very good point. Very good point. Well, anyway, it's, uh, it is, the field is littered with uh, dead, dead football leagues and the uh, AAF is one of them. Uh, You wrote a very interesting piece and I apologize. Normally I come in on Saturday morning, print the piece and give it to Craig Heist and I have a copy in front of me to read. Uh, my computer in my office was kaplooey this morning. You wrote a piece about whether it's a smart business move that John Fisher's trying to make with the city of Oakland or a hidden ball trick. Can you explain to our listenership what exactly is going on vis-a-vis the new stadium possibility in Oakland, California? Sure. Uh, John Fisher has been the owner of the Oakland A's for 13 years. The A's are now in their fifth targeted new concept for a baseball park. Uh, 
the others have failed or dried up or nothing's ever happened. And people know that the Oakland Coliseum is the last place that two professional teams are playing on one field, Raiders and the A's. That's going to end after this coming season when the Raiders move to Las Vegas. Are there, the, the, Raiders, is, the Raiders are playing there one more year, right? Yeah, and based upon the level of completion of the Vegas Dome, right. it could possibly be two. But okay. most people are saying this coming season, and then they're gone. And as we know, the Warriors are moving to their new brilliant $1 billion arena in September when this season is over, whether it's a championship or less than that. Now, that's in, in San Francisco, of- right? Right, yeah, it's Chase Center. It's about a mile from uh, where Oracle Park, which most Giants fans know as AT&T, in the same area, and it's unbelievably vibrant. But back to Howard Terminal, the A's have said that they want to build a 34,000-seat ballpark um, in Howard Terminal, which is in the midst of a working port a major Mm -hmm. maritime force of nature that generates thousands of jobs and hundreds of millions of dollars, a container port, fifth largest on the West Coast. The A's do not own the land at the port. There's a major level of complexity in terms of what they're going to have to do to build the stadium in terms of transportation. There's three rail lines that bisects that Uh, and 10 lanes of a major freeway from downtown Oakland to the port, which is near Jack London Square, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, restaurant retail. Right. And the A's, you know, have a multiple-year lease at the Coliseum where they currently play. The concept of the editorial that I wrote is that with the amount of money and the amount of time, the A's have proudly said they hope to play in 2023 in their new ballpark. Okay. Now, in the nanosecond world of the Bay Area, 2023 might as well be 3023. Like, what are you doing for me by Sunday, not what are you doing by 2023? Right. So the concept is that the A's have said that they would spend $600 million, all private, from John Fisher, to build their new ballpark. Most observers, architects, construction people say that their Howard Terminal concept is at least a billion dollars. Right. And Fisher has not said, oh, I'm in for a billion dollars. So is there a hidden ball trick opportunity where they keep talking about Howard Terminal, then when they don't believe that they can build it, the A's have an offer of $85 million for 50%, I don't want to get too complicated Mm -hmm. here, but 50% of the current Oakland Coliseum, and that is jointly owned by the city of Oakland and Alameda County. The A's are buying or hope to buy out the county's half at $85 million. And that land is worth a heck of a lot more than $170 million. Right. So if the A's own a half of the Coliseum land and Howard Terminal doesn't happen, they go, oh, hey, we own half of this land. Why don't we buy the city's half? We own all of it. 
we'll build a new ballpark, we'll build trans, you know, we'll mm-hmm. build retail, we'll build housing, and we'll have a site that will be worth a billion dollars. Where where so am the, I where am I wrong? I thought that they would only build the Howard Terminal Stadium, Howard Port the Port uh, right if they were allowed to buy the development rights to the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Am I and, r- and that is where this gets really super slippery and complicated. The A's have a very um, sort of undeveloped plan for their development at the Coliseum. Okay. And the concept is the money that we may get on our development at the Coliseum will help fund our Howard Terminal site. Okay. Well, that's great, but they're not starting to do anything at the Coliseum. Right. So how do they generate money for Howard Terminal um, if, in fact, they're not developing any revenue sources at the Coliseum? Now, it may very well be that Fisher goes, hey, I'm worth close to $3 billion. I can wait. Yeah. And, and, and for those people that have visited San Francisco and seen the miracle of the area that uh, is around Giant Stadium and now Chase Center, which is the Warriors Arena, and the massive facility at the University of California SF Medical Center, which is a world-class place with biomedical uh, subleases, um, they would see what is possible in Oakland. And, and my point is, yes, the A's could make that purchase for $170 million. It's worth lots more than that. And what I've never understood is why the A's don't already, why the A's already aren't starting to build their stadium at the Coliseum, at the Coliseum and do so. all the other revenue generation. It, it just makes no sense. So is the county signed off on being willing to sell their their half of that site for $85 million? They are, they are signed off as of last week, okay. but I believe, not being a lawyer, that there are still some hurdles based upon the city owning the other half. Right. It seems like the most practical thing would be for the city of Oakland and the A's to partner on that deal, and and therein lies the rub to me. Right, and the mayor, Libby Schaff of Oakland, right. has said she is a major proponent of Howard Terminal in the ultimate A's vision of okay. what that could mean in community growth. And I don't, I don't discount that. Right. But anybody would tell you, and and over the last two weeks, a number of major officials of the maritime industry have come out 100% against Howard Terminal, knowing that it would shrink the size of the terminal, hence lose jobs. Yeah. And, you know, when you're going against the International Longshoremen's Union, the Teamsters, and all the toxic remediation and other um, challenges that you have when you're building on the water or near the water, it's not just the money, it's the time. Yeah. So (laughs) it's always fun for me to talk to you guys in Baltimore on something that is one of the longest sagas of ballpark 
legalese that I think anybody's seen in a while. So let me ask you a question for big picture, not just Oakland. The same thing in in a different drama is taking place in Tampa, that they seem Mm -hmm. no closer to a stadium. Is there a point at which the commissioner could sort of step in and sort of say, hey, you guys are free to move to where you want when your leases are up? As we've talked before on the show, the fluid that flows through the veins of professional sports is green. Yes. Um, And if you look at any commissioner's job, their primary responsibility is to grow the net asset value of the franchises, make the owners who are rich even richer. And that's fair. That's the American way. So if you look at Portland, which has been in the news a lot about trying to build a ballpark, without a team, but they have some serious people involved in that effort in Portland and other cities around the country and even Montreal. uh, Well, uh, I'd go one better if it were me and I was a multi-billionaire, I'd be in Mexico City, the largest city in the world that has an interest in baseball, that has significant revenue, that has sponsors, that is a cosmopolitan city. Um, and, and, I, and ironically, the Astros and Angels are playing in Monterey this weekend. Right, yeah. right. I've seen all of the commercials. And and so I don't doubt that um, this ongoing soap opera in Tampa and Oakland will not last forever mm-hmm. because other owners will look at these teams. I mean, the A's... Um, you know, they won big last night in Pittsburgh, but they had just lost six. They come home this week. Their attendance is already, you know, in the bottom 10% of Major League Baseball like they've been in the past because everybody's just waiting for a new ballpark, even though the A's have a really good young team. And one of the great secrets of baseball are Chris Davis is the leading home run hitter in baseball yeah. in the last few years. Yeah. And very few people even know how to spell his first name. All right. Andy, always uh, informative and entertaining. We will uh, have you on as events warrant on the left coast. Stan, uh, we need to at least give homage to David Rubenstein, whose daughter Molly is getting married in the next few weeks. And uh, we wish him the best. And also, i like to say hello to all my friends back there in the Washington-Baltimore corridor. All right. You have a lot of people that are friends of yours back here. You used to work for the Capitals. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year? You know, our Sharks, that game that they won against the Knights was truly one of the greatest sporting events I've seen when they came back and they were dead and buried. They've got a lot of talent, uh, but looks like Carolina's good. Um, I'm not a hockey. Uh, I'm not a hockey expert. I can't even figure out who's going to win the Derby this afternoon. I'm so, Tacitus. Who do you got? Tacitus, the eight horse. The horse uh, that won. The horse that won. A horse, is there a horse called Code of Honor? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay, I'm going with Code of Honor. Why? Because Omaha Beach, World War Two. Soldiers, Code of Honor, Omaha Beach was the favorite and was scratched. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. Okay, Code of Honor. We'll talk about it in the future. All right. Have a good one. Stay well. All right. Okay, bye.